Welcome to the Shooting Blanks Wrestling Report. I am the big guy, Ryback, joined by Raj Geary of Wrestling Inc., WrestlingInc.com. Today's episode brought to you by Feed Me More Nutrition. Save 20% right now in the month of December with discount code HOLIDAY20. The final weekend for a free beanie with your orders of $14.99 value. Raj, what's going on? Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you, too. It's it's a crazy time of year with Christmas coming up and New Year's and last minute holiday shopping so it's been it's been nuts how about how about yourself great covid christmas the uh <laughs> yeah now i've been been saying just running around doing i got my uh my hot tub i had a, my, my my buttons on my cow spa i needed i had to have a guy come out i got to get a new um control panel essentially which actually is the cheapest i thought it might be like a motor uh, malfunction so lucked out on that and just dealing with hoa stuff trying to prove that I don't. I got my pool built six years ago without approval somehow. So other than that, though, life is just just uh, just jolly right now. <laughs> uh, well, that's great. Um, uh, so a really busy week uh, in the world of pro wrestling. Uh, I guess we can start off with Jim Ross getting some criticism uh, over the past week. He criticized, uh, in particular. Uh, the move, uh, you know, just a lot of the high flying spots that yeah. the guys do. Uh, in particular, he talked about how stupid it looks when someone does a dive to the outside of the ring, when there's a bunch of guys out there standing, just yeah. waiting for them to hit him. And uh, he, he, he was talking about how the DDT, you know, that should be a finish instead of a transition spot, same as super kicks. But now they're, they're doing dives to the outside. Jim Ross said, they go, holy crap, the S word for it. This is awesome. <laughs> It's a spot, folks. It's a trapeze act. Come on. I don't buy into that. The DDT is a great finish and should be used as such unless you're not as proficient as Jake the Snake was and you can't execute it. What if I said on commentary, boy, folks, do you remember those DDTs? And when somebody hit that, it was over. I guess these guys just aren't as good as as they used to be. It ain't going to help anybody, but there's a thought there and same with the super kick. So, yeah, I'm not big on the saying that the business has changed. Tell me how the business has t- changed that you can bastardize established moves. So Jim Ross saying yeah. they do a lot of stupid stuff now and the big impact moves like DDTs, super kicks. I mean, back in the day, people kick out of super kicks before Sean made his finisher. But yeah. uh, just pointing out that, um, yeah, the stupidity of that. Some people in AEW called him out on that. We're not happy with his comments. Darby Allen was one that said he agreed with JR. And uh, yeah. And FTR also said, you know, we should be listening to the veterans of our business. He's spot on. And but again, everyone's going to have their own flavor and opinion of wrestling. Wrestling was always protected, though. Like so, and I, 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 I this is where I, I think sometimes people the moves have always been there, right? Mm-hmm. We aren't seeing new moves necessarily that that haven't existed for the last 20, 30 years. We've seen maybe we've seen what we've seen is we've seen less selling. And more combo moves string together where so and I and I'm not against that at the right time and place. And I also think too, it depends. You know, if you have a smaller guy working a bigger guy, and the bigger guy is kicking out of the smaller guy's bigger offense, see that's a little more storytelling and the smaller guy selling the big guy stuff like he should be. You're telling a story in that that one big shot from a big guy does more damage than three or four shots, or it takes three or four shots from the smaller guy. See, there's there's kind of 
there's no real rules. It's an entertainment at the end of the day. But we had rules in place that were passed down to me when I came up that I'm so grateful for that work. They work in getting people invested in, in the product to where they could suspend their belief and watch and ratings and things are down and casual people and a lot of people have turned away and there's a reason for it. And it's a multitude of things. It's people not looking like stars. Like if you're a wrestler, you got to, you, it is your duty. You should want to be the best all around wrestler, performer, entertainer. You should want to look as physically good as possible as an athlete, as an athlete, just as something. And, but everyone has their own kind of idea of what they want to do. And it's always kind of been that way. Not, but now I think we've seen a shift to where it's sometimes it's, it's gotten really heavy on one area. And that became the focus where that never was the primary focus. And we've seen it, it, it doesn't sell like it used to. I have no problem with any of the moves or anything of, of guys want to do. All I've learned is I go, you know what? All I can control is my match and going out there and make my match as believable as possible. And which I believe I, I am great at doing. Now, guys are going to do different things, but when they're when Jim is on commentary, I don't. Jim has his his psychology and the, the way that it always was. It makes the commentators look silly sometimes if guys are doing things and it looks really, really, really scripted. And that's up to the. And I am all for commentators exposing wrestlers that do that. And I, and if, if I do it, and they, go ahead, expose me, because then I hold it, man. I got to get better. Not, I'm not going to fight back. Like you're old. What are you talking about? Or whatever. I just don't think that's the right. He's doing what he's saying. He's trying to make the product more believable. We're all trying to make more money, make more people watch, and make wrestling more popular. Guys that used to do that when I came up, if they they would get called out on it, man, you would get you would get in trouble. You get pulled off the card to the next match if you would continuously go out there and expose the business. So there's, again, yes, do times change and things? Absolutely. The product has it sped up a bit. Yes. But there's rules that are in place that were always in place and enforced to a degree for the benefit of everybody else. Like anybody can go out there and do, we can go out and trade moves back and forth for 30 minutes and no selling. We can do more moves than anybody else on the card. That does not make us good or great wrestlers. Anybody, I'm literally, we could pull Jeffrey off the street. Jeffrey, I'm going to orchestrate a 30-minute match. We're just going to go back and forth. No psychology, no selling. You don't have to know anything about pro wrestling other than just learning. You could do some flips. You could do some dives. Awesome. You're going to be a star now. We could get anybody to do that. To have all the fundamental tools of a pro wrestler and being a, being a larger-than-life superstar, that is very special, and it takes brain power to actually learn that, which a lot of people have neglected to do. Jim is not wrong in saying this. And again, I love dives. I love dives in the right place when they have a meaning. And again, it, there's always going to be exceptions to the rule in wrestling where things are going to happen and it maybe is not perfect, right? We get it. It's, it. it's pro wrestling. But when it's purposely being done time and time again, and you got a group of six, seven, eight people just standing out there, and you got a guy 150 pounds jumping and knocking everybody down, and the five guys on the outside aren't even touched and they go down, it's horrible. And it's right. like, it's just absolutely horrible. There's, you could do a million other things other than that. So I see what Jim is saying. And again, 
there's something changed where, and again, I came in and people, they, I, whenever somebody would come in and when I was coming up in wrestling and developmental and, and, and somebody, uh, a hall of fame or a legend or somebody with a lot of experience would, would come in, man, I never like, but like, oh man, that boomer, that old guy, that guy sucks. Like, I'm not going to listen to him. It was like all ears. Like I'm not necessarily never, never maybe didn't listen to didn't take everything they said, but I would be looking for things that I could incorporate that, that helped me up my game and like psychology wise to this day, Ricky Steamboat coming to deep South wrestling. And I dare anybody to find a tag match I'm in where I'm not working that goddamn apron, like a motherfucker because Ricky Steamboat came in down there and he taught the importance of keeping the crowd in a match through being a tag, a good tag partner and pacing back and forth and having the energy, knowing when to kind of tone it back when something important is going on and knowing when to really show that emotion to get a crowd fired up for the, to see that hot tag or that, that hot tag false spot right there, the, 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 the false tag, whatever it is. And that it, to me, like psychology, there's, there's little rules that work with human psychology to make the movie believable that there's a portion of wrestlers today. They go, Oh, that's stupid. Well, the problem is, is your way doesn't work. It doesn't mm -hmm. work. Like it, 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 the smart people in the business know that. And again, though, it's up to having veterans and people around that that try to pass that knowledge on. But there are a portion of people that are saying, you guys don't know what you're talking about. We work. We could do all these dives and all these flips. And like, again, I love this stuff. It's always been around in pro wrestling. It's knowing when and where to put it into a match without throwing away psychology with whatever that is. But selling, selling has always been the key. So sometimes I think that in today's product at times with some people, they will throw away the element of selling just for the sake of doing more moves, mm -hmm. which again, if it's the right story with the right guys, if you got a, if you got a, a, a Hobbs in there working, working a, a Darby Allen, I want to see Darby Allen take three, four, five, six things to, and, and I want to see Hobbs one thing. Like I want, I can, I can, I can believe that story. But when you're mm -hmm. doing it just across the board all the time, right? It, it's it's where it's it, we, we've gone too heavy in that direction, in my opinion. And the ratings and everything, and the audience pulling back is telling us that. And I think mm -hmm. just sometimes people get a little too caught up in the video game genre of the crowd. They're like, "Oh my God, you're so good because you could do ten moves in a row." Like it's, right. we could all do ten moves in a row if we want. Yeah. And I hate to, I hate to tell. It takes, it takes a really good worker to, to to sell one move and make it look like he really, you know, took your head off. You know, if a guy, if I'm, I'm working in the ring with another big guy, and he shoots me off, and it's a duck duck, and he gives me a back elbow, I'm going down selling like I just got my face broken, and I'm working around like I'm not worried about all of a sudden hitting ten other moves right after that. It's getting the most out of each moment to make the crowd believe that everything you are doing is real. And that is our jobs as pro wrestlers. And again, there's always going to be exceptions to the rules where we all, we all mess up. We're all human. We all maybe don't do it to the best of our ability, but that should be the kind of the goal because we want as a group, as, as, as a profession, we want as many people watching the product, enjoying the movie. And that's where we've really, we've lost a large part, part of them. And we got to get them back. And it takes a group. It doesn't just take one guy. It takes a group group effort of respecting, you know, the rules of baseball, the rules of football. Maybe they make little tweaks 
in 2020 or 2021 or 2030 to maybe alter it just a little bit, but they don't outright flat, just flat out throw out the rules Mm -hmm. because now we have a brand new game. And I feel like that kind of is what has happened in pro wrestling to a degree, not at everyone, but just in some instances. And I think we could do a better job. And Jim is, I always, man, I'm so old school. I, I love new school, but I, that psychology, Dr. Tom Pritchard, Rip Rogers, a lot of what these guys put out, will make us all more money as if if a group we could implement them and these guys aren't bashing everyone knows that today's wrestlers are athletic and and, and great but it, they, wrestlers have always been that way it's just we've now selling and psychology has been pushed aside in favor of more moves which there was yeah. a reason why they didn't do that all the time and the guys if you tell me guys of the past weren't capable of all the stuff the guys are doing now, I'd say you're full of shit. They were, and they just respected the psychology more. And it's something we all got to do a better job of as wrestlers moving forward. Yeah. I mean, uh, Undertaker used to do, you know, uh, dives out of the ring, but he would do it on special occasions. So it meant a lot when he did it. Um, uh, Deji Deremi saying, uh, in the chat saying she loves you, big guy. Thank you. Uh, 420 Express is asking what you thought about the Lana and Nia Jax match on Raw. Now, I don't know if you saw this, but Lana, so Lana and Oscar uh, were scheduled to face Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax this yeah. Sunday at TLC. And they did a match on Raw where Lana beat Nia Jax in a quick match. Uh, but then right away after uh, Shayna and Nia beat on her, uh, Asuka came in for the save, but they beat on her and they did an injury angle. And Lana is apparently legitimately out of Sunday's pay-per-view. So they wrote her out of the pay-per-view. And so Asuka is going to have another partner. Some people think it's probably going to be Charlotte Flair. Um, but it was bizarre because the whole storyline is based on Lana. And it, to me, it seemed like a no-brainer to have this, to have had this be a TLC, I mean, a, a tables match where Lana beats Nia, you know, puts Nia through a table, whether it's with help from Asuka or Nia's on the ropes and Lana puts her through. And that just is a great ending to that story of Lana being put through the table over and over again with Lana putting Nia through, winning the tag titles. But they inexplicably uh, pulled her from the match. Yeah, I I think we're going to have to wait and see what happens. I'm not sure that um, if that's not a swerve in its own, because I, if I then question uh, why, um, Lana went over on Nia still if she was bitten, right. being written off. Um, I think maybe this could possibly be maybe Lana does something is involved on the pay-per-view Sunday still one way or the other. Uh, I think we got to wait and see what happens with that. The uh, Because otherwise then I question why we they, they did that. And I saw the pin because I saw Rusev tweeted out a uh, funny right. tweet on uh, on teaching Lana that cover where everybody wins there. Or something along the lines of that, and uh, which I, I had a good laugh at. But um, yeah, I think we got to wait and see because otherwise it doesn't really. If Lana's being written off, does it really make too much sense to have her go over Nia? Uh, I don't. Yeah. I, it, it doesn't make that much sense to me. So, which wouldn't be the first time that, right. that you know, I left scratch in my head. But I think we got to wait and see what happens on Sunday. I, I was in the same boat as you. I thought. Asuka would be working half the match by herself, and then Lana comes out, you know, uh, limping or whatnot. But PW Insider, and they've been pretty accurate. Uh, They're saying that Lana is actually expected to be off a TV for three to four weeks. So I don't know if someone sent them that to swerve them or not, but um, we'll see. If I was in creative, that's what I would do. 
I would just purposely feed out false things to keep storylines protected. So I would, I mean, it makes make sense. Yeah. Cause that's how you, that's the only way to keep things. That's the only way you got to work the, the internet. That's the only way to keep them where they're at least, which they'll just get mad at that. But like, mm-hmm. you gotta, that's the way to keep it exciting still where, you know, you got to put out false reports, unfortunately, because there's just too many. That's the only way to kind of protect the business at this point. So, but we'll have to see. Yeah. It could be could be legit. Unfortunately, you got people in there that the producers and the people that that are talking and giving up the information of like storyline wise, and it gets spoiled too. So that's why I think, and every once in a while they'll throw that out. I think they should do it all the time to yeah. to keep things a little more because the surprise element of pro wrestling is the one thing that always made it great, which is, has been lost in the internet era. So. Yeah, um, Riddle, his contract is coming up next August, and apparently he has agreed to terms, according to the Wrestling Observer, he has agreed to terms for a three-year deal worth uh, $400,000 guaranteed per year, and he would also make $50,000 for every show that he works in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. So Riddle is expected to stay in WWE. Yeah, that's so the, the saw is that the first time we've heard of somebody being mentioned what they're making for Saudi? Uh, I mean, I mean, wrestlers have talked about it, but yeah, yeah. as opposed to as in their contract. Yeah. That's the first time I can think of. Man, that's crazy to me though. That, that kind of money being thrown around, which just shows you how big that deal is. I I bet he he could be talent could be getting two or three times that amount, even for Saudi and WWE is making out like a bandit on it which right. you should be as a wrestler. It's good to, this is why I like knowing numbers because mm-hmm. whatever WWE is comfortable giving out, they usually can give out way more. Yeah. So that's, that's good to know for talent to hear that and to go, no, wait, man, I think I want a hundred thousand to go all the way over there and put my life on the line to go do this show, especially yeah. if they're making this much money. But if he's happy with that deal, I'm happy for him. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so we reported, I reported exclusively at Wrestling Inc. earlier today that Triple H has created a team. He's put a team together to create a new NXT show. And uh, it's going to be led by Gabe Sapolsky. And he's going to be working with several agents and riots uh, writers. And they're creating, uh, basically, it's going to be like an NXT minor league. So an NXT for NXT, where it gives less experienced guys uh, a place to showcase their stuff while focusing on the bigger stars on NXT itself. Uh, and the challenge so far has been to format the concept for TV. Uh, the, the original idea was for it to be another, basically like another promotion that ran in some of the smaller markets that NXT used to air. But with house shows not returning, they're going to make it a TV series. And it was supposed to launch in early 2021, but it has been delayed before and it, it probably will again. Yeah, where were they looking to shop that as far as a television product? Would that be a USA deal sort of no, thing? No, it'd just be just be on the network. Oh, just on the network. Okay. No, no, I I mean any a feeder system for NXT. NXT, which is was always developmental, is now a TV product. I mean, right. like it is so where that the times have changed on that. Do you still have NXT, the developmental system, and then guys to get on that? That's kind of a I think a, a nice little in-between step for talent or to kind of maybe do that before they're ready for TV, TV. Cause that's a big jump before when you're in developmental, you did TV. It was locally down in Florida, down in Louisville, Kentucky, you were in very small markets. You weren't being broadcasted to, to the world. Whereas now you got guys that are going right from developmental. And when they, they're like getting thrown on TV, that's a huge jump. If you look at it back in the day, that's like 
the developmental from HWA to OVW to Deep South Wrestling to FCW right. before NXT, taking talent out of there and then just throwing them directly on TV. Like it was that would that's without really. I mean, it's a big jump. So it's uh, I think this is a, a smart move on their part just to kind of to bridge things a little bit. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, we also had. I'm sorry. One second. Um, uh, Elias debuted his new guy, um, Jackson Riker, uh, returned to television. He was kind of pulled off of TV after some controversial tweets and some things he posted on social media came out. But he is back on Raw now as uh, Elias is second. And, you know, they had him beat up a lot of the lower level guys, too. So it looks like they're going to be doing something with him. I think it's good to get him back on TV. He's uh, see see what happens. I've never I, I don't remember the exact tweets, but it was just was it essentially just supporting the president though? Uh, there was one of him wearing blackface. Um, uh, another where he basically uh, kind of crapped on Black Lives Matter. Uh, okay. So kind of stuff like that. All right, so that's a little more than just yeah. Then you know. Whatever the deal going on, hopefully everything was resolved. And, um, you know, people make mistakes and do things. And if it's if, if it was uh, rectified and, and everything is smoothed over, you know, you want to see everybody get an opportunity to make money and, and to have a career. Um, and hopefully it's the, the lesson has been learned. If that's something where he's continuously causing, stirring the pot on, on, on matters like that where – that's a little like the Black Lives Matters thing is, regardless of what your opinion on it, it's kind of something probably is, is a wrestler. It's not going to be beneficial to, to do that. Right. In this day and age, at any, probably at any point on that. Um, as far as like the, the president stuff and supporting Trump, that, because I saw that if you're knocking a guy for whoever's not, like, and that's kind of, regardless of what your political affiliation is or non-affiliation. So it's just, it's just his opinion on that. And, you know, so it's, it's good to see him get an opportunity though. And hopefully he'll make the most of it. I, I've always been a big fan of Elias. I always, mm -hmm. I think Elias is, can, has, you know, great potential still. So. Absolutely. Uh, Rick Flair this past week, he said that WWE is in the process of building a physical hall of fame in Orlando. He said it's been delayed due to COVID, but they're, They've been working on it, and uh, they purchased uh, his golden robe that they wanted to showcase as part of the new Hall of Fame. So it's been talked about for a long time, but Hall of Fames are usually money losers, and uh, Vince has been against it, but apparently they've changed their mind, and they're going to have a physical one. I can't wait for Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner to be inducted finally. <laughs> he's, he's the to be so dubbed. That's, that was the – we needed – He's always been spot on. There's been no real Hall of Fame. I yeah. want him to be the first inductee with the real Hall of Fame. There was a, gosh, what year was it? It, uh, it was like six years ago. We Actually, we broke that story where Scott Steiner was banned from the Hall of Fame. They had his photo up where he wasn't allowed to like enter the premises because he had, yeah. I guess, threatened, uh, told Hulk Hogan's wife at the airport that he was going to beat up Hulk. So. He's not only not <laughs> probably not going in, but he's been banned before. But uh, I, I love Scott Steiner. I do. I mean, one of the, I was he was one of my favorites growing up, and uh, and too part of the Steiner brothers. And it's a shame, man. He really the guy, the stuff he was doing, especially younger in his career 
athleticism wise ahead of its time that I haven't seen anyone. I mean, doing fall away slams with a backflip on the right. Like you're talking that adds some serious, serious muscle and athleticism and and just a a believable character over the years and intense. Like that's the man intense when him and Goldberg used to go at it. Like I used to, as a kid, I used to love that in watching him. He, uh, and he, you know, but he, he tells it, he, he gives his opinion very strongly and, you know, but man, that guy's been, is a guy like that has been in the business for how many years in his whole life and him and him and Rick, man, yeah. it's, it's a shame in my opinion, but it's cause sometimes stuff like that, you know, I think it needs, it, it just, it should be respected what he's done for the business as far yeah. as being in it and, and personal things aside, but the hall of fame, if it's going to exist, that's a step in the right direction. He may be, maybe there may be, that may smooth some things over. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> maybe not. He did get, I remember I was gonna, he was, uh, it was me and it was, I think we're main event of something. It was early on like 2012 or 13. And he actually came out on the stage while we were in the ring going over a few things like a rehearsal and they go, Oh, Scott Steiner's here. I go, oh, I'm going to go say hi to him. I never met him. And uh, after we got done with the thing, I went, I went backstage and, I was like asking around, guys, anyone seen Scott Steiner? They go, you got kicked out. I think Hunter had him had him thrown out. I go, damn it. I just nah, wanted man. to say hi. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, uh, one of a kind. <laughs> uh, Alexa Bliss has been off of TV uh, recently. Um, and, and the rumor was that she had been filming a, an episode of Punky Brewster. And her and Charlotte Flair are going to be appearing on that show. It's a reboot of an 80s sitcom that they're doing for the Peacock TV network. Um, but she is actually, she said that she is just on vacation. She had requested the time off months ago. And so that's why she hasn't been off TV the last couple of weeks. Um, whether or not she shows up at TLC, she didn't specify, but she had been part of that storyline, but we don't, it, it's not known if she'll be there or not. Yeah, no, I think that's, it's good to see talent, get some time off and do some other things and be able to do some projects. And I, I wish everybody had that opportunity there and, and maybe more will as time goes on here, but you know, especially to it, I'm such a, I'm so happy for everybody. To, uh, unfortunately, it sucks that COVID had to cause it, but having actual time of not having to do live events and looking like that's going to be a thing of the past, that right. we're talent will actually have the opportunity or should in, in theory have the opportunity to do more things. And I mm-hmm. think that, that, that that's only good because the bigger wrestlers can get outside of wrestling, the more eyeballs you can get on the wrestling product. And right. you should, the goal should be to make each individual star as world famous as possible. Because if, if Alexa Bliss has 5 million people that follow her around social media, a percentage of them will tune in to watch what she does on Raw or SmackDown, despite what they think about wrestling, only for brand loyalty. So, yeah. Um, also, this past week, uh, superstar Billy Graham was hospitalized. His wife announced it on Facebook. He's hospitalized due to an infection in his big toe. Uh, she said she found the infection while changing his TED hose. Uh, he's diabetic and has congestive heart failure. And he's also immune suppressed due to his liver transplant. So, um, you know, the best to the superstar and his family as he's uh, recovering. And there's a GoFundMe. Uh, set up for his medical bills. And so far, over $30,000 have been donated, but you can uh, go to GoFundMe and search for Superstar Billy Graham. Yeah, no, it's really unfortunate. And it's, you know, it's the same. I just had James Ellsworth on the podcast and he was talking about Gilbert, mm-hmm. Dwayne Gill, and there's a GoFundMe for him. He just had a recent heart attack and is unable to work. And 
they don't know if he'll be able to work again doing his construction job and different things. And it's this is what those what I always talk about with wrestling, where it's and I've seen it firsthand, and everyone gets to see it that the, the guys that give you know they're a big part of the business and superstar Billy Graham was as big as anybody during his time, and that you know, and then as time goes on and, and we we get older, it's there's a lot of injuries and things that that happen as it over time um, where wrestling when the career of a wrestler specifically uh, that WWE schedule where these injuries and things they could they could they could really really amplify over time and with health insurance and pre-existing conditions and things where you 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 could lose your money really quick whatever that money is and even the guys back then didn't that money doesn't last that long necessarily especially how pay has changed over times and where it, you see once the health starts to decline, you know, it, it just to me, I guess where I'm getting at with this is it really, I wish Vince, and I say Vince because I just, and from being there, you have this guy, you're an old man yourself. You're sitting on billions of dollars. Why at this point would you not want to like do as much good as possible and specifically really for the wrestlers and try to like tighten up some loose ends over the years. Like why, why isn't there a program for WWE where even where fans can donate through WWE to legend, the legends of the past, like that would be such a beautiful thing. And this isn't to blast Vince, just to blast Vince. It's like, man, you have an opportunity. You've been blessed in your life to make so much money. Yes, you're smart and you do, you're a great businessman, but the men and women that have given everything to you to give you everything you have, why can't we just set up something so when things like this, and it, it, there's just a small bit of money could be allocated to these guys to help ease the financial burden on the health issues. It would be, it would be, it would not take a lot to get this done. And even if Vince is, is just putting in a small amount and it's through WWE and it's a, a go, whatever, it's a GoFundMe for WWE legends through WWE, fans will be more likely to donate to that because of the publicity for it and it being through the WWE, where then, you know, if something happens, WWE is able to say, here's Superstar, here's $50,000 for this, We're, thank you, let's get you right, like, whatever it is. But at least there would be a program for people where we don't have that. And we see it. How like how often do we see these guys with their health issues? And then it's the fans that they're, we, they have to ask, you know, to please anything could help. Like, it's like, why can't there be a program for pro these, these legends? And specifically through WWE for people that give them their time for however long. Because that schedule what it was. I just have a hard – that to me, see, this is where I get – and, I, and I've been through my own deal with Vince and what they've done and turned their back on everything where I paid for everything. I take it very personal because all my injuries were from the company. Everything, mm -hmm. I didn't give them everything, blood, sweat, and tears. So I really feel for the, these people. And I can understand why they get angry and get bitter because it's like everything is just gone like that and nobody's there anymore. And it's and a lot of it comes from the business. It's just, and not to say everything because there's other things that factor into that, but I just think Vince, man, there's such an opportunity for him to do so much good on his way out, really, and set up some stuff that for whoever takes over WWE, there's a program in place for Disney or for Fox, a Legends policy or something for people, whether you worked, served a year, two years, whatever it is, where you're eligible for through something and have fans be able to participate in it. I just think it would be a great thing. 
And I, that to me, I, I, I don't know why that doesn't exist. It, it, it bothers me. Right. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. And hopefully, uh, you know, at some point it's going to catch up to them. So it's better to make it look like it was your idea and do it yourself as opposed to, you know, it being forced upon you. That's what I'm saying. He has such an opportunity to do good. Right. And where you have this, like that money, where's that money go when you die? Mm-hmm. Right. Why wouldn't you want, like, I'm not saying spend all your money. I'm no, by no means, but I'm, it, it would take a very small amount to get that set up and going and where fans can contribute and where there's funding in there and put some rules in place. So nobody and have it, they, they're monitoring the policy so they can control it, but at least it would give them an opportunity to help out some talent that, that, over the years have some health issues that maybe they need a little help. I just think it's good publicity for the company, but it, it, it would do so much good. It would, it would make them more money in the long run, actually. So right. it's, yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> kind of a, a crazy week as far as the ratings went, uh, raw doing their all time low. Well, it was a bad week for, uh, kind of all around dynamite was way down. Uh, NXT actually was a good week for NXT. They were way up. They did one of their better, better numbers in a while. And Impact was way down. Um, let's start with Impact. Um, Impact, they did 177,000 viewers on Access. They were down uh, 20% from last week. And then they did a 0.04 in the 18 to 49 demo, which was down 50%. So they're kind of they're kind of basically back to where they were before the big uh, hype from AEW. A little bit higher, but... Uh, they didn't sustain a lot of the gains that they got on Twitch. They were a little higher, but again, they peaked at 14,600 viewers, which was down 70% from last week. So, um, you know, so whatever gains they got, they got a little bit on Twitch, but you know, we'll see where they are in two more weeks. But, uh, so far the AEW stuff has been led to really a one week bump and it should help their pay-per-view as well with Kenny Omega in the main event. Yeah, is so wait, is Kenny wait, so is Kenny just so I understand wrestling on Impact's main event? And so he's wrestling on the next Impact pay-per-view. He's teaming with Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows okay. against the Motor City Machine Guns and uh Rich Swan, who's the Impact World Champion. Yeah, so that will definitely help on that, I would say, to a degree. It's just, you know, you'd like to see things be sustained. I think we're just gonna have to wait and see what how all this unfolds it could have just this just could be a short-term thing of trying it out to see before you know and, and that we just got to kind of wait and see um i know i didn't follow up on it myself after the first week so where it kind of i saw what it was i was like okay and then it so i i think that obviously a lot more people did that as well we'll just have to see what they do and what the, what the payoff kind of is for it but I, again i don't i'll never knock companies for trying stuff like this it's it, it has to be done. You got to see what will stick and what wasn't won't stick and, and, and learn from it and, and see what they could do in the future. Right. Um, also, uh, we mentioned dynamite was down a lot, but they were still up, you know, they were in the higher range of what they've been doing before the last two weeks, the last two weeks, they got big bumps with the heavily hyped uh, Moxley Omega match. And then last week was sting and Shaq's and stings first interview. But it fell, you know, down a lot this week. They did eight hundred six thousand viewers on TNT, uh, which was down. Uh, it was down. Sorry, one second. Let me see the percentage. Uh, it was down nineteen percent in total viewers. But as far as eighteen forty nine, it did only a point three two, down from last week's point four five. So it was down twenty nine percent in that demo. Again, that demo rating is still on the higher end of what it had been doing. But, 
they came back down to their normal numbers basically this week after a big bump from Sting and Shaq. Yeah, and I think NXT did a good job at stealing away part of the audience this week and then them having a, a really good week. That, that that was a big jump for them. And, you know, is something I think, again, AEW-wise has to learn from and see. It, it, again, this is it's difficult every week, like we said, to really – but that has to be the thought process of what can we do to keep this growing. And you don't want to have any back weeks necessarily. It's going to happen, yes, but, right. you know – you know, uh, the main event, I think, was Joey Janela and, and uh, Kenny Omega, right? Mm-hmm. Is that, and it, I mean, that's, see, Joey Janela is, is, hasn't been built up as a, as a main event threat either yet. Great opportunity, yes, but maybe that match isn't uh, the main event of the show right. sort of thing. And that's not knocking Joey. I don't know nothing against Joey at all. It's just it takes time and it's experience. And, and again, though, great spot, but maybe that's not the, the close. But I think AEW... They try things and they see. They, maybe they could have could have shocked us. That could have done exceptionally well. It, it, and take this information and then like, what, okay, let's let's just keep improving. Let's not let's not make mis- certain mistakes all the time, and let's keep finding ways to growing this brand and this show and get it over a million viewers consistently. Mm-hmm. Good positive out of the week is that they're beating NXT every, right. every majority of weeks. Yeah. And again. Which is which is a plus. You just got to you got to keep finding ways to keep people invested because they lost a good portion of their audience this week to NXT. Most likely, I would say. Yeah, and NXT, as you said, was way up. It was it did seven hundred sixty six thousand viewers. It's best since the Halloween Havoc episode, and a point nineteen in eighteen to forty nine, which was a huge increase from last week. Uh, their second best number in that demo since Halloween Havoc. One thing that was interesting, you brought up Omega. Again, I don't know if this impact, how this impact angle is working for him, if it's doing much, but his match with Janela was the lowest rated quarter of the show and in total viewers and actually was beaten by everything on NXT as well, except for one quarter. But in 18 to 49, uh, it was one of the best quarters of the night. It wasn't the best, but uh, it was the second best uh, of the night. So he did well in 1849, but tanked as far as overall viewers. So. Yeah, and it, again, we're going to have to see with Kenny as champion, and you know, I, I too, and, I, and this isn't this is for everybody. That lack of the crowd, having mm-hmm. not the full crowd, it really it makes it harder to do anything because you really don't know that you don't get that that live feel energy wise from a full crowd. And this is for everybody working, where the rules are kind of changed right now. Um, but I think if you're looking just at these hard numbers. You want to see eventually, you want to see those increasing. It's really early still, though. And it takes, like I said, though, Joey Jella, Joey Janela is is not necessarily uh, in the main event scene and a great opportunity. But also, as a champion, you need real threats to work with. Now, it's not always possible on TV every week, and you want to protect people. And that's where I say maybe that match just maybe, maybe that match should have opened the, opened the night. I started off hot with that match right off the bat or whatever you're going to do. Um, and placement wise is really important on a lot of these things. So um, right. it, it's just, we'll have to see. I, I, I mean, Kenny, we, Kenny, there's no denying Kenny, I think is, is, is a wrestler. And as he is a heel, I'm far more interested in Kenny Omega than I was as a baby face. And I want right. to see how the character development. And I think too, how he acts on social media and growing his brand and doing everything over the coming months is going to be really, you know, important to getting, he wants to, you want to get the guy as much heat as possible. So I think it's looking, if I'm in the, those creative meetings, 
you know, as him as our champion. I'm like, well, what can, what stunts can we pull to get Kenny as much heat as possible? Right. Like within on social media and uh, in, on our television product and make that the focus point because he's mm-hmm. your champion. And that's, and I think if we start having those discussions, we start giving him some good, good material. And I yeah. think he's more than capable of pulling it off. That's just my opinion from the outside of knowing creatively. You got it. You got to really make it a priority and get get multiple top brains thinking ideas. And it, it's not not too hard when you do that. Yeah. So I, I still say let's give it a little time. Yeah. Um, now, as far as Raw went, uh, they their numbers were terrible. I mean, they did their lowest numbers ever. Uh, they did 1.527 million viewers on the USA <laughs> Network, down 12% from last week. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in the demo, they did a 0.41, which is their all-time low. I mean, AEW. I mean, yeah, AEW. The past two weeks, before I mean, before this week, the previous two weeks actually beat this week's raw number. Um, so yeah, the first hour did 1.627 million. The second hour did 1.512, and the third did 1.441. For all the hours, it was their lowest for those respective hours ever. Uh, historic bad ratings this past week. There was a you know a competitive football game, but the football game last week actually did bigger numbers. So, I mean, there's a bunch of excuses, but it was the worst the worst rating that they've ever done. Yeah, n- definitely not a good sign. And but this has been the trend. Like we said, it just keeps going lower and lower, and it's happening faster than it's ever happened. And you know they may bounce right back they, next week. They could they could bounce back next week on this right, right. In which they've done in the past. But the thing is, is what happens is even if they bounce back, then we see it kind of trickle down again, and then eventually a new low is reached again. And it's just like that could bounce back a little bit again. But it's I think this is concerned that this is a part of the audience is checking out. And it's another, I think another small group checked out at, for whatever reason. And it, it's if you're in that company, you got to be looking like, why is the audience leaving at this, at this rate? And I think it goes back to the lack of truly – truly investing a hundred percent in your superstars mm-hmm. and letting them and letting them become as famous as possible. Right. People tune in to see superstars. That's why, that's why, and I'm talking as somebody that always watched, I always enjoyed watching people that, that were millionaires larger than life, or that was the perception at least that these people, these stars doing this pro wrestling, it was, it was, a, it was a two pronged thing, you know, where I think we've gotten away from that a little bit and, um, that comes through consistent booking and allowing talent to shine and following through on, in, on storylines where it doesn't have to be the greatest storyline. It just has to be a storyline and it has to be, has to be committed to, and you need short-term storylines and long-term storylines. And it's a culmination of all this stuff and all this, the Cena, the Cena has gone. Randy's still there, but like the majority of guys, you know, the, the big stars have left. They've all gotten older and they've left. And the, the, that, that fairy dust, the, the Hogan dust, has not been sprinkled on enough people, um, unfortunately. Yeah. And there's no more dust left to be sprinkled. So yeah. there's, there's a huge flaw in that. And there's only a few people that have that dust that is capable of it. And, but with that, you have to have meaningful storylines. And I put out a joke thing with someone the other day. Though they go, what are when are you coming back to, to WWE? And I, oh, a storyline's being written right now where I come back and torture the McMahon family and eventually steal Stephanie and, and marry her, then divorce her, then shut down shop. But like, <laughs> it's a joke. I'm not. Right. But like yeah. that, at least 
there's no doubt if that was a thing, there would be people invested in that if that was a real storyline that was actually effort was put into it. Because right. why would that? Why would that be rush? What's that? Why? Why would people be invested? Yeah. Or what do you think if if that was a storyline that I just pitched? Why would do you think that would be? Why do you think that could possibly work? Well, there's a reality uh, baked in there. So I, I think right? people, when people can suspend their disbelief, yeah. even though you know what you're watching is fiction, that's when you can just completely forget about that. It's That's what that's when wrestling is the best. Because you would believe that I really hate the McMahon family right. and they probably really hate me, right? Absolutely, yeah. That's what's missing from pro wrestling. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then that is one thing with AEW when they have BTE and everything, when all these guys are buddies that are enemies on TV, I think that kind of hurts it a little bit. Uh, it does. If but, I did that angle and then the first night back, I took a photo in Gorilla after me returning and, and right. shell-shocking Vince, and then me, Hunter, and Vince, and Shane, and Stephanie are all in a group backstage doing two <laughs> sweets, right? Yeah. Angle killed right away. That's mm -hmm. what's missing from pro wrestling. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely agree. Uh, so there you have it. Hopefully the ratings, uh, I mean, next week is Christmas week, so we'll see what kind of effect that has. SmackDown obviously is going to be way down because they're airing on Christmas night. They're taping that ahead of time. Um, but we will see, I mean, January is always kind of when they bring out the big guns with the Royal Rumble season with WWE, AEW too. They got some big shows planned, uh, coming up. So, uh, it should be a, a fun, uh, you know, up, upcoming several weeks here in, in the wrestling world. Absolutely. And can't wait to get to 2021 and hopefully everything uh, getting back to some sense of normalcy at some point. So please. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Raj. Anything to plug to wrap up? Yeah. Keep checking out wrestlinginc.com. Uh, we always, we have exclusive news, uh, just news all the time. There's uh, tons of tons of articles that we have as well as our exclusive interviews. Uh, so keep checking out wrestlinginc.com. Good deal. Thank you as always. And guys, Feed Me More Nutrition on feedmemore.com. We have our 20% December sale going on with discount code HOLIDAY20 at feedmemore.com. And we're giving away. It's the last weekend to get your free $14.99 Feed Me More Nutrition Hungry Beanie with your order on that. So check that out, feedmemore.com. And thank you guys very much. You've just listened to another episode of the Shooting Blanks Wrestling Report. Feed me more. <laughs>